search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents... Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest podcast from Betches Media, not another true crime podcast, where we will be talking about all the sketchy shit your heart desires. Stuff like scams, cults, conspiracy theories, and of course, murder. I'm Sarah Levine, Editor-in-Chief of Betches.com, and my co-host is Hannah Perkins, famed memer of the Pretend Blonde account and former Betches writer. And we're ready to get weird with y'all. This week we are talking about a murder, and it's actually a very gruesome one. So brace yourselves. Um, If you're a young child, get out of here. (laughs) Why would you be listening to this very young child? I don't know. Kids these days are like freaking weird and look People older are than advanced. me and i'm salty about it if you don't know um quit playing games with my heart get the fuck out of here wow i was gonna go super like obscure and say like 3lw but i like where you're going Ooh, with that's it. a good one so today we're gonna talk about the murder of Dee, Dee blanchard very delicately as we begun already thus far yeah we have it written as like the gypsy rose case but it's it's not her case like it's not about her mur- it's a crazy I know, that's case. why i improvised that yeah well let's uh talk about Dee, Dee. who was okay. she um her legal name was claudine with two d's she was 48 years old when she died she was originally from louisiana she had five brothers and sisters and her mother died in 1997 apparently under suspicious circumstances i just realized that being called dd Dee Dee is because she has the double d's in her name claudine we just blew this case wide open um, <laughs> this was a big experience for me just now uh dd Dee Dee, she kind of sucks she definitely sucks. Her family is very aware that she sucks. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, no one is under this impression that Dee Dee's a sweetheart, which is why this whole thing is so crazy. Nobody um, except that the people that she lived around, like her neighbors and right. friends. Right, like everyone who really knew her knows that this girl's crazy. I know, and I don't want to give too much away in the beginning because I'm trying to like save this for some satisfying twist. <sighs> but so here's her deal, essentially. She meets yeah, this guy, go. Rod, Blanchard when she's 24 and he was 17 which okay no one has ever yeah no one has really ever pointed out how um suspect that is alone I think they're in a state where that's not statutory I mean they're in Louisiana you can probably marry your first cousin there but still it doesn't make it not like gross and icky and especially like I think um sexism is probably at play because he was younger than her and I feel like if the sexes were reversed people would be like oh well this dude was bad news from the get-go I personally think that if you're 24 years old and you're dating a 17 year old something is wrong with you if you're 24 years old you should be dating someone who's not in high school I'll stand by that no like normal well-adjusted 24 year old can possibly relate to a 17 year old if you can't even legally show up at a bar we have nothing to talk about I hesitate to say the word wrong but there's kind of always like a red flag of why can't you date someone your own age oh i know it's a red flag for sure so Dee Dee gets pregnant and then because she gets pregnant rod marries her on his 18th birthday they have a daughter named gypsy and then i read that rod left Dee Dee before gypsy was born however 
there's all sorts of different conflicting stories on this. So they get married on his 18th birthday. They name the baby Gypsy Rose because go- this is how young Ron is because he likes guns and roses, which that is like. doesn't really mean anything to me. I feel like that's iconic. I feel like if that would that be like me. young? I feel like it's an immature thing. Like I'm really into the Ariana Grande oh. album right now. And if I was like, I'm going to name my daughter Ariana after Ariana Grande. I feel like that's a little bit like, eh, I mean. But the conflicting story is that in one case, Dee Dee tells Gypsy as she gets older that Ron leaves her, like that he leaves them destitute and, you know, he's just this deadbeat dad, blah, blah, blah. Dee Dee didn't have a full-time job mm-hmm. because her full-time job became taking care of her daughter Gypsy, who she said was severely disabled. She claimed Jeez. she had a chromosomal disorder, muscular dystrophy, leukemia, vision issues. She couldn't walk without, like, she had to use a wheelchair. She suffered from seizures. Literally, pretty much every bad illness or, like, issue that you wouldn't want, this girl supposedly had. Dee Dee was literally bringing Gypsy to an ER at age, like, three months and saying, oh, my daughter has this, my daughter has that. Before she even could walk, she was like, she has no feeling in her legs. And it's like, yeah, because she's a baby. <laughs> like Three months old is sort of when you would see certain like neurological disorders manifest. So it's not like she was totally like making stuff up that's not founded in science. Well, the problem was is that none of her claims were founded in science. In, in her specific case, they couldn't find anything. They can't find anything wrong with her. Also, Gypsy supposedly had the cognitive abilities of a seven-year-old, even though she was, like, a lot older. And she, everyone, at the time of Dee Dee's death, everyone thought that Gypsy was, like, 10 or 15 years old. She, like, had no hair. She had these huge glasses. Her teeth, like, weren't they were, in like, good rotted. shape. Yeah. yeah. And she has this really high-pitched voice even now. Like, when you watch it's, the documentary, it's, like, a very... It's super high. Reminds me of, like, a voice that they'd put in, like, a baby doll. Gypsy and Dee Dee were, like, pretty inseparable, as you can imagine, for, like, this mom who takes care of her disabled daughter for a living. Right. And they were, like, pretty well-known within their community. They lived in this pink house that was built by Habitat for Humanity. And they mm-hmm. would do interviews together. And they took all these charity trips to Disneyland. They participated in the Special Olympics. They even met Miranda Lambert through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The The Special Olympics thing is, like, is fucked up in my brain. I pretty much captured who, like most people thought Didi was like right the people who lived in the community with them like essentially thought that she was a saint and they felt so bad for her and her daughter yeah because she's a super sick daughter that she's taking care by herself so basically what happens to Didi this whole case is about Didi though we've been talking about Gypsy for quite a while um yeah because I feel like Gypsy and Didi you have to like inseparable yeah and like they were never apart On June 14th, 2015, so not that long ago, a Facebook post was made to Dee Dee's Facebook page. Dee and Gypsy had like a joint page. Yeah. Um, Dee Dee and Gypsy's Facebook page saying, that bitch is dead. And then later, a new comment from the same account said, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. So... That post goes up, and it wasn't it's abnormal. It's still up, by the way. The post is still there. There's thousands of comments of people being like, what happened? I met Dee Dee, you know, X months ago. She seemed like such a sweet woman. Um, it's also weird because when you die, Facebook memorializes it's a memorial your page. page. So yeah. there's like a pop-up that, that indicates that it's a memorial page 
for Dee Dee, which is like dark. Come on, and there's not as many trolls as you would think given how high profile this case became. I'm surprised that comment hasn't been deleted by like the cops. (laughs) Well, I guess they probably needed it for their investigation. Yeah, they probably did. They're probably like, keep this shit live. We got to use it in court. And also, it's not weird for Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose to not be seen by people. So I think to preface this, this comment was made about a day and a half to two days after the murder. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of things go off the Facebook post, but um, Dee Dee was dead for some time before the Facebook post. For a while. The Facebook post went up, and that was kind of the first time that neighbors and people who really knew Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose were like, oh, shit, you know, what is going on? There's this weird status update on Facebook, and that's when the cops get called. The cops come, and they find Dee Dee dead in her bedroom, and she'd been stabbed and left there for, like we said, timelines, let's but what most people have figured is several days. There's no sign of Gypsy. This is very stressful to the cops because mm-hmm. everyone in the town is like, there's this disabled girl, right? You know, with all these issues think who was raped and taken somewhere by some crazy person who stabbed her mom a zillion times. So it's really high alert. It's really stressful for the cops at this point because they're kind of like, did he take her or whatever? Did they murder her somewhere else? Where is she? No one expects what is what is the truth. On June 15th, after the Facebook status was posted, the police arrived in Waukesha County, Wisconsin, where they apprehend sweet little Gypsy Rose and her then boyfriend, who is a man named Nicholas Gojon. Hold up. Who the fuck is that? I'll tell you. Nicholas Gojon, as far as I know, is from Wisconsin, and he met Gypsy on a Christian dating site, um, and they met in 2012. But that's been a while then, because none of this happened until 2015, so they were like a thing. They talked for a long time in secret. BuzzFeed reports that she met him when she was 18 and he was 24, but mm-hmm. I did the math, and if they did indeed meet in 2012, then that would put Gypsy at 21 years of age. So, so they started talking secretly online because Gypsy wasn't really supposed to like be dating anyone. Right. Um, and I don't, I haven't read and that many written reports that talk about this, but their relationship was fucking weird. So Nicholas told Gypsy that he was into BDSM, and she didn't really know what that meant, she claims. And she went along with it because it was her first boyfriend. I get not knowing what that would mean. I mean, she's been sheltered her entire life. She was homeschooled. She doesn't have a ton of friends. Everyone thinks she's, like, mentally incapable of anything, so no one talks to her about this kind of stuff. I don't think she's, like, getting her hands on a copy of, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey while with her mom. So, like, Nicholas claimed that he had multiple personalities. He had multiple personalities that were violent and scary. He thought that he was a 500-year-old vampire named Victor. And he Mm. would have Gypsy, like, dress up in a bunch of different outfits to represent different personas. And it got into this in the documentary, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) There was, like, Kitty, who was kind of like a Lolita type, and then Candy, who was, like, this slutty one. And there was this one, Ruby, who was, like, some sort of dominatrix. And she oh. would take, she would dress up in wigs and costumes and like take these pictures and send them to Nicholas. You're like, why don't more people mention this? Because I'm not sh- trying to shame, but you're like, this is weird when you consider that everyone thinks that this girl is mentally handicapped and like, you know, not fully able to make these sorts of decisions for herself. And yet she's doing this, like dressing up and, you know, taking risque photos. And he claims he has multiple personalities. 
Yeah. He also like had her make Facebook profiles of these characters like of the like kitty and candy and ruby they were into some weird shit and they took it to pretty crazy levels yeah the weirdest part is they actually met one time they both they both go to the movies they go to see cinderella um gypsy dresses up as cinderella she meets she meets nicholas and then she and like i think she was hoping to introduce him to her mom because Dee Dee was there but then she meets him they go fuck in the bathroom somehow Without her mom noticing in a public movie theater. First of all, what? Second of all, like, could you imagine potentially losing your virginity in your hometown movie theater? Like, I, I don't Where know if you I lose grow- my virginity. It wasn't in public, but I did lose mine before a movie. So maybe, I guess in some weird way, it brings <laughs> out weird Netflix parts in everyone. Like our hometown movie theater, like my, my best friend's older brother worked there. Like it smelled like crap. It kind of was like creepy it was like a creepy old theater it was not a hot place to be first of all i mean look though if you're always with your mom you're gonna take what you can get well that actually shocked me though because she got away from her mom okay i'm less really disturbed by um i guess the facts and more so like just confused by the logistics so she gets away from her mom which to me seems out of character for Dee. Dee. it seems like she's the kind of person to like literally wipe Gypsy Rose's ass. Yeah, and like wheel her to the bathroom at the right. very least. So she, yeah, so she gets away and then she's gone. And I know virginities are a weird thing and they never quite live up to what people tell you sex is going to be like. But how quick was that sex realistically to where her hovering mom didn't walk out and go, okay, where the fuck is my disabled daughter? Don't they say that like sex on average lasts about seven minutes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought that was the statistic of like men think about sex every seven minutes. Hmm. Okay. So by the time she gets up out of the seat, she, I don't know how she gets to the bathroom, whether she wheels there or she like on crutches. I'm not sure. She gets there. She meets him. This is the first time she's fucking meeting him. Are they like not in cha- exchanging any small talk? Like, I mean, hey, also, how like, was your drive in? Who is not noticing a man going into the women's bathroom or vice versa? Yes. With a disabled girl. The, yeah, like, man. It's strange. There's just so many parts that are just, yeah. what? And so then they get there. They manage to meet each other, get into the bathroom, make sure it's empty and have sex quick enough to where her mom doesn't know and no one walks into the fucking bathroom. No one else notices. Here's what I think that isn't really discussed enough about Nicholas, which is that I don't think that he's completely there. I watched the documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest, and I just got some like vague Brendan Dassey vibes. He was also not a stand-up gentleman. He was arrested in 2013 and charged with watching porn and masturbating at a McDonald's and also carrying a concealed knife. It just doesn't seem like he's all there. Yeah. It sort of, like, makes kind of more sense how these two are, like, drawn to each other. Because you have this one guy who might have some deficiencies and this one girl who, like, appears to be severely disabled. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely surprising that they connected because, like we said, everyone thinks she's significantly, like, mentally challenged. She's the skill level of a seventh grader when she's, like, 15. Okay, but here's the issue with what you're saying is because he knew the whole time that she didn't have the mental capacity of a seventh grader. So Interesting. We can't, I don't want to imply that they bonded over this when she's perfectly, like, mentally with it. Right. And he knew that. Because she had told him. 
One could argue he might not have been the manipulator in the situation. He has an IQ of 82. That's what his attorney is arguing anyway. Tying it into like him, there being some issues with Nicholas. So we introduced Dee Dee, who is obviously murdered and we we discussed how she was murdered and how she was found and we discussed who nicholas is and how he is the one who they found um through the facebook posts and arrested for murder and so we explained who nicholas is and his relation to gypsy rose so now we're gonna get into how did they do this what the fuck is going on how did the murder come to happen so here's how it happened sarah don't you want to know okay so nicholas and gypsy rose worked together on this gypsy asked nick straight up if he would kill her mom and he agreed so the night of the murder Dee's asleep and also, did you read that Dee Dee and Gypsy shared a bed for all these years? No, actually. I forget where I read that. And they shared a bed. So Dee Dee's asleep either way in a bed. Not sure who's. Nick comes through the back door and Gypsy's waiting there with duct tape, gloves, and a knife. She goes to hide. Apparently, Nick, according to her, Nick tells her to hide. Yeah, she goes to hide in the bathroom. So she can't hear anything. And he stabs Dee Dee to death. So he stabs her 15 times, which, look, I've watched a lot of Criminal Minds. Everyone knows it's like textbook overkill. Okay. It takes a lot of effort to stab someone, not from personal experience, but just from what (laughs) SVU has told me. I mean, you have to be in a fucking rage to stab someone 15 times according to the the documentary or i i also read this dd had gypsy on xanax so gypsy claims that she when she's hiding in the bathroom you know she claims she didn't really feel anything and according to gypsy it's because she was on xanax interesting i could also just see her going into shock yeah, I mean, that, that to me is more plausible than being on Xanax, to be honest. Yeah. And um, the weird like, thing, too, is in the documentary, she sort of claims, like, her mom maybe screamed and called her name, like, a couple of times. But I'm like, fam, this woman is getting stabbed to death. She's going to be screaming bloody murder. So, and, like, how thick are your bathroom walls so you can't hear? No, she claims that she could hear it. Okay. okay, She never cool. claimed that she couldn't hear it. It's just like she claims that Dee Dee only screamed a few times. And I'm like... There's a lot of parts of it that don't add up. This, everything about this podcast and this, uh, this whole case is very suspect. So Dee Dee dies, as we've already known. So then Gypsy leaves her fucking post in the bathroom. She comes out. Nick's there. She's got her dead mom on the fucking bed. And then they have sex on Gypsy's bed. So if if she did share a bed with Dee Dee, that's fucking gross. But they well, either way. That's why I'm inclined to think that she had her own bed because why would any like report <sighs> specify that it was Gypsy's bed? Maybe you're right. Yeah, because that would be much that would be would much notice, worse. Everyone would note yeah. if you actually had sex next to your mother's dead body, that would be a huge point in the case. Let's go. Let's assume different beds for my own sanity. They had sex on Gypsy's bed, which either way you spin it, you like, just had you had, you had sex after the dude just killed your mom. Like what the fuck? Um, they have sex. They steal four grand from her mom in cash and they leave her dead body there. Then this part fucks me up. They they leave. And like I said, Dee Dee and Gypsy, they don't go outside a ton necessarily. It's not weird. They leave. Then this also happened they, at night. Right. No yeah, one's it did probably happen. Probably around. 
no one's looking. And so they head out. They, I think they go to like a hotel or some bullshit like that. No one's suspecting anything. This is what these fucking idiots do. They decide instead of getting rid of the murder weapon, you know, of the murder that no one knows about yet, instead of throwing it in a fucking river or throwing it in a random trash can a zillion cities away or whatever the case may be, they wipe off the murder weapon and Nick mails it and the cash to his parents' house in Wisconsin. Well, I actually think that this supports that he has a low IQ because he they probably think it's smart because they're like, okay, we're going to put this in the mail so it's not anywhere near the murder site so the cops won't be able to find a weapon. But then you think about that and you're like, but that's actually pretty dumb because they were, I think, mailing it to the place that they were trying to end up anyway. That's why I think it's like, oh, you're kind of dumb. I think that this could be argued that he might be like a psychopath because I feel like that's kind of a trophy in a weird way. If he mailed the cash to his house, I could get that. But the knife, it's just a... Yeah, but then why even mail it? Why not keep it on you at all times if you want it as a trophy? But if you didn't want it as a trophy, why would you not just throw it away? Because if you throw something away near a murder site where the cops are going to look, I sound shady as shit, there's a chance that they'll find it and they'll chase it back to you. I think their thought was like, if we send it somewhere else where the cops aren't or don't have jurisdiction, they're not going to find it. Okay, the jurisdiction thing is way out of their, (laughs) their IQ level, I feel like. They had so much time to throw that shit somewhere in a in a random part of the state that no one would necessarily known why why even risk keeping it on you at all why risk even having it near you if you weren't into it that's my thought process on that like why even take the risk of mailing it to your parents yeah we're just going to agree to disagree on that yeah they mail the murder weapon to his parents and they mail the cash to his parents and then they go there to escape the police Gypsy gets worried that no one's going to find her dead mom's body, which you know, very possible. So she posts on Facebook the infamous the bitch is dead status, which is pretty iconic at this point. Also, so you could have just like had an, you know, dropped an anonymous tip, I think. Or called it in anonymously, yeah, but they, they could, could probably call trace. In like a welfare check. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, the thing is, I think they tr- ended up tracing like their IP address. Yeah, the cops found them pretty fucking quick. Pretty fucking quick. They were there with like in a day. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, she definitely achieved what she set out to do with that status. What's the why, Sarah? Why would you murder your mom, who's this loving woman, devoted mother, blah, blah, blah? Because Dee Dee was anything but. Dee Dee was a longtime scammer. She lived in Louisiana before Hurricane Katrina, and she was in trouble with the law there for writing bad checks. She didn't have a good relationship with her family. And actually, her own dad and stepmother were interviewed for the HBO documentary. And they both kind of suggest that Dee Dee may have had something to do with her mother's death. Neither of them were sad that she was dead. And they both kind of like seem to imply that she had it coming. And that's her own dad. Yeah. Like we said, she's not a good person. Dee Dee sucks. And there was also supposedly the stepmom because Dee Dee went to go live with her dad for a little bit with Gypsy Rose. And the stepmom got really sick and they were all convinced that Dee Dee was poisoning the stepmom. The reason that nobody is really sad that she's dead is because Gypsy was never disabled. She could walk perfectly fine. She had full cognitive abilities. She was 
not sick at all. So, I mean, people think now that Dee Dee suffered from a disorder called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. It's also Mm -hmm. called factitious disorder imposed on another. It's essentially like a mental disorder where one person repeatedly and deliberately acts as if they have a physical or mental illness when they're not really sick. And Munchausen syndrome by proxy is when you induce those illnesses into another person. So you do it to like your husband or your brother or your kid, whatever, and you, you play up their illness. An important thing to note here, hypochondriacs actually... Truly, I don't know if you've ever like really met a serious hypochondriac. I'm but... Jewish, of course I have. <laughs> That's fair. My mom is actually she can have hypochondriac like issues where she truly believes that oh I have a cough I must have cancer kind of thing. They really really believe that to their core, and they're not doing it out of you know greed or anything malicious. It's like a fear. It's like a paralyzing fear. Whereas Munchausen's, they know they don't have this stuff. And they oftentimes use the things that they're claiming they have for their advantage, for sympathy, attention, or in nowadays, especially with the the rise of GoFundMe, for money. Dee Dee benefited so much from Gypsy's fake illnesses. They got a free house. They got free trips. They would be on the news. They got sympathy of like their entire community. And also no one questioned her. A few a few doctors did. One of them notably did. But I mean, there's a couple reasons why it never went anywhere. I mean, first of all, the doctor didn't really push the issue, which was a mistake. And also Dee Dee would switch doctors so many times. The medical records showed she was seen by a gypsy was seen by over 150 doctors before the time she was like what 23 like that's fucking nuts i don't even think i've been to the doctor like 15 times in my life i would say (laughs) yeah that's a little concerning get a physical (laughs) i mean she was just a master manipulator i think she was just able to convince all these doctors that gypsy had these illnesses she kind of worked in the medical field so she picked up some medical terms so she sounded like she knew what she was talking about and i always say the number one rule of scamming is that conviction is key. Yeah, okay, so Dee Dee works in medical field. She's able to like finagle these doctors to thinking, to just really not questioning her. She just like would have people run like test after test and doctors are people. Like if you're insisting and insisting something is wrong, I feel like eventually if you get the right doctor, they'll cave or they'll keep running tests. There's a lot of things that doctors like don't necessarily see either. You know, when you go in and they're like, what hurts? And you're like, my head hurts and... They do a scan and they're like, I don't see anything. But if you keep saying your head hurts, then I'll prescribe you this. The other thing, too, is that Dee Dee would often like move states, switch doctors and tweak spellings of her name so that she was harder to track down. Yeah, she went by a couple of aliases, actually. So one was Claudine with one D. One was apparently Dino, which is like, damn, is that your biker alias? Okay, I don't feel like it's even hard to game the healthcare system not to get like too macro right now. But like I'm like allergic to like all antifungal medications, basically. I have to tell my doctor that like literally every time I go to the doctor or like every time I go to a new doctor and like none of the shit carries over. There's no like central database. So I feel like anytime you're going to a new doctor, they're pretty much seeing you in a vacuum unless you bring your own documents and info with you. Um, Actually, a girl I knew in college, this is a pretty interesting thing. When you go in a car crash, like you get in a car crash, the people on the EMTs or on the ambulance don't know what you're allergic to. And so they can give you things. How would they? They wouldn't. They had no idea what you're allergic to. So one of the things her like mom created 
It's like a, her invention. It's like a sleeve for your seatbelt. And it has like a list of like your allergies and oh, your medical smart. issues. Yeah. So if you end up getting in a car crash, like the EMTs have it and they don't accidentally kill you by giving you the wrong medicine. What we're saying here is, is that basically every appointment, Dee Dee could recreate whatever Gypsy's problems were. She would also, I read, I think this was maybe revealed exclusively to Hello Giggles. She stole prescription pads from the hospital. It's very possible that like a lot of these medications that Gypsy was on were not prescribed by a doctor. And she also forged Gypsy's birth certificate to make her appear younger. And she would also, you know, Gypsy's getting older. She's seeing all this. She would like cover Gypsy's ears in doctor's appointments yeah, so that she wouldn't let Gypsy her talk. Hear. Yeah, she wouldn't let her talk for herself and she would be like okay we're going out of the house remember you're not allowed to talk or remember you're not allowed to get out of your wheelchair yeah and she would get madder when she sounded smarter than she like than she was supposed to be pretending to be yeah really fucked up stuff yeah truly and i think the saddest thing is that gypsy was on so many medications she didn't need that actually induced a lot of the symptoms and she like made her undergo all of these surgeries yeah all of this was government funded because Dee Dee didn't have a job so she got aid from the government Gypsy also claimed that Dee Dee was physically abusive and alleges that one time she tried to run away and Dee Dee caught her a few hours later, like, I don't know how, somehow, and chained her to her bed. Gypsy said that she kind of felt like she had no option but to kill her mother. And she says that she didn't want to kill her mom, but she just needed to escape. When Gypsy wouldn't act the way Dee Dee wanted her to, she would squeeze her hand so hard. They were always holding hands in interviews. Yeah, and that's why, is because, like, according to Gypsy, at least, that when Gypsy starts to not sound like she should sound, Dee Dee would squeeze it super hard, and that's how she knew. And the sad thing is, too, like, Gypsy always seems, like, upbeat and happy in those interviews, and she must have been so, so miserable. What's happening now, after all of this that everyone has learned? Gypsy Rose is currently in jail. She's serving a 10-year prison sentence. She's scheduled to get out in 2026. Mm-hmm. Nicholas go to John is still awaiting trial. He has entered a plea of not guilty, which like I feel like everyone enters that plea. And we were speculating here, but we imagine that he's claiming mental insanity or defect because his lawyer is trying to claim that he has a super low IQ. And here's the thing too that I think is like interesting. Now that they're not dating anymore and the jig is up and they're not like trying to cover for each other they're sort of like a back and forth he said she said between nick and gypsy as to like who is really responsible and who was really the mastermind behind this whole murder and gypsy definitely has more of a public appeal because people feel really bad for i feel bad for her for what she went through when you're subject to what she was subject to for Mm -hmm. as long as she was alive i don't know what i would be capable of he's still in jail right Mm -hmm. he claims he feels pretty guilty in an exclusive to 2020 he says that and i quote i felt horrible about it when me and her were in the hotel room she kept telling me stop crying stop crying there's no reason to cry no reason to cry it was my idea it wasn't yours and he told them this is all from jail and he said that jim gypsy comforted him about it and he prayed once he got to jail and he tried to get her mother to forgive his soul and here's a clip put my name out there in a bad light. That's Nick himself speaking to me via video conference from jail just hours ago. 
it's the first time he's ever spoken publicly. She was basically the mastermind behind it all. I was basically a hired hitman in, in its own weird sense. Do you still love Gypsy? I still do love her. Yeah, but Gypsy says the opposite. So she tells ABC there's a big difference between someone who asks to kill someone and someone that actually does it. And she says, because I would never kill somebody, I would never physically go through with killing somebody. I can't. And she says of Gojon, she's like, she says, I don't hate him. And she just says, I feel sorry for him that somebody could do something so heartless and not express remorse and not feel like he's responsible. So it really is this like back and forth whose fault. It's really just um, finger pointing. As much as we say, like, we feel sorry for Gypsy, I don't believe her story. 100%. Interesting. I don't know if- That's a hot take. Tell me more. Gypsy lived with a master manipulator her entire life. Never had a break from the levels of manipulation that Dee Dee showed her. Who is to say that Gypsy is not a master manipulator herself. She knows that she's been fucked over. She knows that in the rare case, people are on her side for this whole situation. It's not It's not very often that someone who's involved with the murder has sympathy from the public. She has years of experience of watching this master manipulator. She knows Nicholas go to John is easily swayed to be able to do something that is pretty heinous. Alternatively, he did stab her 15 times. So unless... Gypsy Rose was like, keep stabbing her. That's a lot. I don't know if that's, I don't know. Like who the, I don't know. Is that really a lot of times? How many stabs does it take to kill someone? It's a really morbid like Tootsie Pop. Like, I feel riddle. like the the woman was sleeping. I mean, you could have you could have aimed literally anywhere yeah, that could have done you wake damage. Up the second you start getting stabbed, I'm not trying to defend him. I always look at things from like the what is the reasonable doubt in this case, and to me, I think that there is enough reasonable doubt to be like Gypsy may or may not have been the real escalator in this situation and I mean I don't know I'm sure that Nicholas Godejohn is gonna get stuck with first degree he probably won't get capital murder because the sad part is this really no one feels bad for the person who was murdered you have this random guy who kind of just shows up in the middle of this whole situation and he's the one who ends up perpetrating a crime you have this woman who's like tortured her daughter for however many years She's the victim. And then you have the co-conspirator who is also a victim, but also you don't really know if you can trust her. I don't think Gypsy is 100% sweetly innocent. I just try to have a little bit more sympathy on both sides. Like on the one hand, I mean, if you've been abused all your life, it's like sort of all you know. And she's right. been brought up by this like highly manipulative woman. And I don't like I str- I have too much sympathy for her to see her as this to see Gypsy as this criminal mastermind. I have dated a highly manipulative person. And I think like a lot of these people at the end of the day, they're not they're not masterminds. They don't they're not planning out. This is what I need to get from A to B to C to D to get what I want. What they I think do is they're just like this person's not giving me what I want in the moment. I'm just going to have to say or do whatever I'm going to do in this moment to like get me what I want right now. And then they get what they want right now. And then it just like keeps going and going and going this chain Hmm. of what do I have to do? What do I have to say to get this instant gratification and not deal with this right now? Well, I feel bad for her. I I do feel also bad for Nicholas. It seems like he 
might have been the perfect mark sort of obviously he committed a very gruesome murder so he should go to jail if the person you're manipulating you know is not smart I mean, if he has low IQ, if he is, you know, what you're thinking of, he might have a mental illness. If you know that, wouldn't it be really easy to manipulate? Like, you don't need to be a mastermind to manipulate him. Uh, to be a manipulator, I think you just have to find the right person. Yeah, you just to- have to poke at people's weaknesses. It's like an emotional exactly. intelligence. You might not be like... Yeah the most methodical planner, which obviously is evident in this case because this was like amateur hour. It's definitely like, I think a different sort of like intelligence, more emotional base. And I I think like, yeah, the idea of people as like criminal masterminds, some of them, I mean, some of them, yeah, are planning out like, for sure. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to like dispose of the evidence and cover my tracks? And like they plan it out from steps A to Z. Question. Do you think that Gypsy should have gotten more or less time in prison? May I remind you, she's 10 years in prison and that's just her Mm. sentence she could get out earlier i don't really know i mean on the one hand dd would still be alive if gypsy hadn't told nicholas to kill her mother alternatively gypsy still would have probably been tortured yeah she really went through a lot i guess that one is kind of like one of those things where it's like in the eyes of the law (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what's what is the law prescribing that yeah thank god i'm not a sentencing judge Right. I think that's what's the craziest part about this is that the murder is like not even necessarily the biggest talk of this case. Oh, it's not. Well, that's the thing that her own dad isn't even sad that that his daughter was like brutally murdered, not just murdered, but very brutally. You would think that would be every father's worst nightmare. And he is truly not torn up about it at all. What do you think about Nicholas? I believe he's up for life in prison. Like if he is mentally handicapped has this like really low IQ. I guess I'd have to Google like what a normal IQ range is, but I think 82 is like pretty low. So I have sympathy for that too. There's also all these studies that IQ doesn't mean shit anymore. So it's like, but then what what it, what does, what does mean shit? Yeah. No one knows. Hmm. Um, Well, that's comforting. (laughs) Nothing matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much beat this dead horse. We've, (laughs) <laughs> wow a risky that was metaphor such a bad metaphor yeah. um i sort of think like i don't i think at the end of the day like i don't believe i don't believe either narrative i don't believe that nicholas was this like guy who was pushing this murder and feels no remorse and i also don't believe that gypsy was like this criminal mastermind i think that you had like two pretty immature inexperienced people who were in this like Romeo and Juliet like love thing that they think is like amazing and one of a kind and Gypsy feels like she's in danger and she kind of floats this idea by Nicholas and he's like sure I'll fucking do it and then like it escalates from there you may have solved the case (laughs) somebody get me a detective badge seriously NYPD yeah SVU I will be (laughs) a part of the elite squad For my game, it's similar to Two Truths and a Lie, but you have to tell me which song is the Guns N' Roses song, because oh. like we said, Gyp- okay. Gyps- Gypsy Rose is named after a Guns N' Roses song. I like this, this game. Is actually, this is actually kind of harder than I intended it to be, because there's so many other bands just like Guns N' Roses that sound really similar. <laughs> the 80s were a, a weird time, time, man. Yeah. Yeah. They were a weird right. time, cult-wise, sorry, but the 80s were yeah, so Yeah, they weird. were. Music, cult, just, everything. 
white people went fucking crazy in yeah. the 80s. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. Um, okay, so here are my songs. One is Welcome to the Jungle. Nope. Two is It's So Easy. Okay. And three is Jukebox Hero. No, it's definitely the second one. And the It's So Easy? Yeah. That's what you think? Okay, you're wrong. Boo! You are instantly wrong. So Welcome to the Jungle is a Guns N' Roses song. Yeah, no, I know that, but there's nothing about Gypsy Rose. No, it doesn't have to be about Gypsy Rose. It just has what? to be a Guns N' Roses I song. I, yeah. You never explained the rules. I thought I was guessing which was the song oh. that Gypsy was named after. Oh, no. I just said which one is a song oh, for Guns N' Roses. Oh, my God. Of course I know Welcome to the Jungle. I'm not a heathen. Okay, okay good. No, I was a little concerned. bad. Sorry. I, you said it so instantly. I was like, shit. Yeah, I was like, okay. she's not named after Welcome to the Jungle. Like, no, what? Okay, She's so like, then I'll, so it's it. it's so it's so easy. I, d- I specifically said it's just a song, not yeah. the song. I said she is named after Guns N' Roses, but not this song. She's named after the band, not a song. Um, it's so easy is a Guns N' Roses song. Do you know who sings the song Jukebox Hero? Um, okay, I do. Hold on. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I lied. Okay, it's Foreigner. Mm. Oh, I would have never guessed. <laughs> yeah I love Foreigner my dad listens to them all the time so nice. alright and your turn okay we're gonna play Truth Truths and a Lie Munchausen's right. edition fuck okay okay first fact okay approximately 1% of the population has Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy oh my god number two, okay number two it's named for 18th century German Baron von Munchausen and number okay. three, one theory is that childhood hospitalization can lead to Munchausen's. Okay. I'm going to say that the last one, the childhood hospitalization, I think that's true. I think that if you're hospitalized a lot as a kid, you're probably like, you'll do that to your own kid or you do that to yourself. Like you see how people treat you when you're sick and then you want to replicate that kind of feeling possibly. So I'm going to go with that one's true. Which leaves me the top to the one. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with the one percent of the population because that's like that would be an alarmingly large number. I feel like is that a lie? That is a lie. Woohoo! And the reason is because there's really no reliable data on what percentage oh. of people have Munchausen syndrome because, as you can imagine, these yeah, people, people aren't like already lied about to it. all their doctors, so they're. It's hard to gather data. Yeah, they're uh, they're so pretty good. So I just totally liars. made that up. I have no idea, and no one really does. Wow. Well, I was just kind of thinking like one percent of the population. That's like a shit ton of people. You that would so? be terrifying. I mean, it's a hundred thousand people, probably more than that. I mean, there's what six billion people in the world. One percent of that. It's still a shit ton of people. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that would. That would be kind of scary. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that statistic is actually real, though. I feel like there's probably a lot of people that you don't even think about. But good shit, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. And be sure to stay tuned for the next one. And also, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NATCpod. And feel free to email us at NATC at Betches.com. And remember, if you like weird shit, you know where to find us.
Betches.